Welcome to another podcast from Fire Church Ministries. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Daniel Hagen. Praise God this morning. Uh, Denny wanted to share a word that she had from God. Uh, her voice is struggling a bit at the moment, so I just want to somewhat share what uh, Denny shared with me for our house and also for us as individuals as well and she was woken up in the early hours of the morning from what I understand on the weekend and uh, she talked about a tsunami and many of us have been celebrating what we feel in the spirit is approaching our nation and what we feel is building in the spirit that God is about to do something in our nation like we have never seen before who believes that who feels that approaching and uh I've just been thinking about, and, and Denny prompted my, my thought this morning around a tsunami. And I want to talk about, in, in the natural, what the natural warning signs for a tsunami are. And uh, I got this from an official uh, science website. Number one, severe ground shaking from local earthquakes. They may cause tsunamis, and often you'll see that that's something that is happening uh, before a tsunami. So there's local local earthquakes and ground shaking. Now I'm talking about these natural things because often Jesus would point to the natural to help us understand the spiritual prophetically. Number two, as a tsunami approaches shorelines, water may recede from the coast so we're all expecting something big we're all expecting water to come crashing on our shores yet before the approach of that tsunami we see water receding from the coast and it goes on to say exposing the ocean floor exposing reefs and fish and Denny was saying she felt in the spirit and God woke her up to let people know that this sort of thing is normal, even in our spiritual walks, in our life, that we're going before that big tsunami, there's going to be a receding, there's going to be a shaking. And we know the scriptures say everything that can be shaken will be shaken. And we also know that there's going to be an exposing. And so we want, we want to open up our lives to God and say, God, show us areas that we need to get right. And interesting that Chels prophetically brought up, uh, you know, the scripture about drawing near to God. I think it's so important in this time as the water recedes, as we feel that shaking, as we feel that exposing, as we feel like something is happening and, and often we, we can feel afraid or we don't know what's happening because of these things. Number three, abnormal ocean activity, a wall of water. And an approaching tsunami creates a, a loud roaring. Let me tell you, we're going to hear that soon. A loud roaring. A sound familiar to that of a train or a jet aircraft. And so I want to encourage people this morning. And, uh, and Denny's often been for many years a, a prophetic ear and voice for our house. And she really felt in particular that people were feeling fearful because this was happening in their lives. Feeling fearful, not knowing why. This shaking was happening, this exposing, this sense of receding. And so uh, I want to pray for people right now. I just felt prompted in my heart as Pop got up to share prophetically, as Chelsea was just waiting on the Spirit. I want to invite everyone just to stand to their feet. The signs of an approaching tsunami. Glory to God. God's He uses all of these things to prepare us for what's to come. We've been praying, God, will you move on our nation? Bring that revival wave, that tsunami wave. And He has answered our prayer. And we are in the midst now of that receding, of that shaking, of that exposing before the coming wave. That God wants to help His people understand and prepare hearts and Prepare your mind and your soul 
for what's approaching. So I want to encourage you, if you are uh, struggling right now or you're feeling that exposing, you're feeling that shaking, that ab- abnormal activity, the ocean activity, that abnormal activity, you're feeling uh, like there's a receding, there's something happening that you haven't felt before. There's an intense even pressure or there's a warfare in your life right now. I want you just to give me a wave if that's you, if that's relevant to you. Quite a few. All right, now I want you to put your hand on your heart or on your mind. And I'm going to ask Chelsea now just to pray over you and just to release freedom and breakthrough. And God is preparing us for what's to come. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I thank you for these precious people, God. I thank you for what you're doing, God. And I just speak over every person, God, over their heart and over their mind, God. Great breakthrough in the mighty name of Jesus. God, great clarity to minds, Lord God. Lord, that people will be able to see clearly Your path. Lord, even in amongst storms in the natural, it's hard to see, God. But I pray for such crystal clear clarity, Lord God, in the mighty Name of Jesus. Lord, I thank You that Your people, God, even though there's a great shaking, God, I pray that Your people would be safe. God, I pray, Heavenly Father, that each person, that You would just cover them under Your wings, Lord God, that not one would be lost, God. Not one, Heavenly Father, but we would remain strong. God, we would endure. God, when we've done all to stand, we would stand, God. In the mighty Name of Jesus, we just speak great strength over our brothers and sisters, God, right now. In the Name of Jesus. Glory to God. How's everybody doing? You feel good, like in the Spirit, you feel good. It feels like there's a lot of hunger and anticipation, expectation for what God is doing. So uh, let's all just give him one more big shout out this morning. We love you, God. Come on. Jesus, be glorified. Jesus, be glorified. Jesus, be glorified. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay, you can grab your seats. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this morning. Lord, I pray that you would just lead me, guide me, uh, because ultimately it's you that we want. And uh, so help me just to flow with what you want to say, with what you're doing this morning. Ah, this feels so good to be with you, God, and to be with your people on this Lord's Day. So good. Never take it for granted, God. It's a beautiful weekly gathering. We've been doing it for thousands of years as a church. We, these weekly gatherings, you see it consistently through the, the book of Acts. They come together on the Lord's Day. They gathered on the Lord's Day. Even John the Baptist, even though he was all on his own. Oh, sorry, not John the Baptist. Um, John the Revelator. All on his own. They couldn't kill him, so they put him on the Isle of Patmos. Didn't have, didn't have a family or a community church, but on the Lord's Day, he couldn't help himself. He got in the Spirit. And the Lord's Day, the reason we call it the Lord's Day, the Sunday, and actually it falls on the Sunday, not the Sabbath, but the Sunday, the Lord's Day, they would gather and they would celebrate and they would gather because it's the day that Jesus actually uh, resurrected and also ascended. So they were uh, in the upper room on the Lord's Day, and John the Revelator couldn't, couldn't have church with people because he's out on the island. But on the Lord's Day, he said, I was in the Spirit. And, uh, and we all know what, what happened as a result of him being committed and disciplined to being in the Spirit on the Lord's Day. We had the book of Revelations as a result. What an amazing book that is. And many of us are still trying to learn what it all means is a pretty wild book, the book of Revelations. And uh, so I just just kind of sense the pleasure of heaven that we're all, you know, it's a form of discipline, it's commitment, it's saying, I love the house of God, we gather together, we all know that we are the church, it's not just what happens in here on Sunday, every day is church, but there's something very special that God loves that we should continue to honor. The Bible says, do not forsake the assembly of the brethren, on that Lord's Day today. So why don't you say to the person next to you, thanks for coming on the Lord's Day. 
And more than that, why don't you say to thanks? You can say to the person on the other side now, thanks for being here in the spirit on the Lord's Day. All right. So that prophetic word was quite interesting about the the tsunami, tying in with what Chelsea was feeling in the spirit last night. She was talking about that scripture about how often we we will quote, you know, draw near to God and he'll draw near to you and we love it and it's true, but the following passages are just as important as that passage because really it helps unpack how we draw near to God. Where to, to cleanse our hands, where to say, God, I give you my body. I offer my body up as a living sacrifice unto God and uh, we come to him uh, with with holiness and with righteousness, not with arrogance and and uh, with pride. The Bible says that God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. But we humble ourselves before God and we draw near to Him with purity of heart. And uh, and of course that that word about the tsunami is very interesting. When Denny Clancy was talking to me about that, I just felt God on her words as she was sharing that. And uh, there is a shaking happening. I was just talking to our, our nine o'clock service earlier and I was just, I felt to be a little bit vulnerable and it's not often that I ask for prayer, but uh, I, I come to you today asking for prayer in particular. If you can really keep Chelsea and I in prayer, we're really feeling that surge, that receding, that shaking, that uh, everything that's happening, the unusual activity in the spirit and uh, things that we haven't felt or faced probably ever, I think, in our Christian walk. And uh, so it's exciting because we know what God's doing is like nothing we've ever seen, but it's also quite uh, tense and quite full on. Uh, there's a lot of tension and a lot of things that we're trying to navigate our way through. And, and so uh, I know that if it's happening to us, it's probably happening to many of us. So let's keep each other in prayer. Let's be really soft and extra loving towards one another and graceful with one another as we approach what is happening in November 16 to 18. I want to thank you guys for... Um, this year, it's been uh, interesting. It's been challenging. Although there are many support churches across Australia, Fire Church has probably been leading the way in many areas. And uh, so uh, from an Awakening Australia point of view, I want to thank everyone. Uh, I know Chelsea and I, it's not easy. I, I want to tell you that the plane trips and the hotels, the, the novelty wore off a long time ago. Uh, it's, it, it was fun for a bit, and uh, it's still an honor to do what God's calling me to do, but it's not something naturally I enjoy. I much prefer hanging out at home with the family, but I know it's the will of God uh, to do what I'm doing. And so when I get home, our kids are very clingy. They hold onto my legs and don't want to go. And, and that's tough on them. Uh, and I think about that. And then I also think about our family here, Fire Family. It's been interesting. Just, you know, we've all, many of us that have been full-time here have been also doing quite a bit for Awakening Australia this year. I haven't been around as much. Chelsea's taken on a whole bunch of things. Many leaders have stepped up and taken on a whole bunch of things. And it's difficult relationally. And there's uh, different challenges that come up. And so I just personally have been meditating on that and thinking, man, I'm so proud of our fire family for the way you guys have been, you know, really riding the different things that we've been that have come against us and also the way that many of you have stepped up and, uh, and we're really believing for a national move of God, which is really cool. So uh, let's give a round of applause to all the leaders and people and our fire family that have really stepped up this year. So we're in the, we're in the home straight now, two months ago. Things are going to look a lot different in 2019. Chelsea and I get away uh, every year and spend some time in prayer and about the vision, about what's going to happen in 2019, sometimes restructure and we look at things and we ask God, how do you want to do things in 2019, fresh vision? So we're looking forward to that. Uh, in December, between December 15 and January 15, we break from all the midweek meetings and we give our leaders a chance to have a break, lots of family time over the school holidays, etc. And we have a break. And, uh, and so we're looking at uh, possibly going back to a 10 o'clock service just through that Christmas period. Because uh, often people will go away, and, uh, and so we might just have a 10 a.m. service. That'll be confirmed uh, soon, between December 15, Jan 15. So uh, there's going to be heaps coming up in the next two months. I know many of us are going to be like full-on, a part of the outreaches and the prayer that's happening 
in the approach to November 16 to 18. I want to encourage you. We're going to be uh, giving out a whole bunch of free tickets. 80,000 to 100,000 free tickets are going out. We're going to give everyone here free tickets. Those free tickets are to be given to the lost. So if you've been praying for your colleagues or family members, give them a free ticket. Encourage them to come along. We've seen thousands of people just recently saved in Latvia. It was the best campaign towards the lost that we've ever seen since it's beginning in uh, Nuremberg in 2015. More decision cards, more souls saved than ever. And so uh, and we've just seen an increase in every awakening. And so we're expecting so many people to be saved. And it could be your relative. It could be that person that you've been praying for that you thought was impossible to reach. It could be your work colleague. And so I want to encourage you, keep praying, keep believing. Let's give Jesus some praise. I think it's no coincidence that, I don't like to get too political, but it's no coincidence that since we stepped up our 7 p.m. prayer meeting that we're seeing uh, a lot of things, but we've seen the change of, now, you know, your view on how it changed and, and, and all that, uh, you know, many people get different views, but the fact that we have, purely the fact that we have a Christian, and I think the first Pentecostal Christian prime minister ever is very amazing. So I think, I think it's, we can attribute that to prayer. I think it's a part of God's ultimate plan and he's positioning things. He's setting things. I think it's no coincidence that where uh, the event is like only two weeks before the national election and we're going to help people, point people to that conservative vote, the Christian vote. And, uh, and so I believe that, I heard someone say recently, we are going to see a move of God, but how we see it is up to us. It may come via persecution or it may come via prayer. Which one do you want? <laughs> Ask those in Saudi Arabia or in China or in uh, other nations like that which way they would prefer. <laughs> prayer. It will come one way or the other, but I pray it happens sooner than later. And if people continue to pray and seek the face of God, humble themselves like that famous passage in Chronicles, I believe God will heal our land. Amen? All right, we're going to get into the Word, but before we do that, I'm going to invite a man named John Boy to come up, and uh, as I said, I'm proud of what's been happening. I'm not always able to be here, but my ear is on the ground. I love hearing the testimonies, the stories. We had a man named Daz Chettle, a friend of ours from New Zealand come and blew up all the churches in a good way. <laughs> He's a Christian terrorist. He terrorizes the devil. <laughs> and so uh, all those... Oh, by the way, thanks to the worship team. Did a great job. Let's give them a round of applause. So from what I understand, all the altars were full, the altar calls full in all the campuses, Hawthorne, uh, Gippsland. You guys did like six meetings in two days? Six meetings in two days. Come on. If you didn't know, we have uh, three other church campuses. So they're not just loose gatherings. They're official fire church uh, campuses. And uh, they were all blessed greatly by your ministry, by Daz's ministry. And then there was a great turnout for the outreach too. There was equipping and, uh, and like practical equipping. And you released a whole bunch of people, like maybe 50 or 60 people at least from all different churches, uh, out on the streets, preaching the gospel, people getting saved. So maybe if you could just share a few highlights to encourage us. Praise God. Jesus is alive. Uh, yeah, a few highlights from that weekend, uh, last weekend. And I'll tell you what, God really moved um, like a hurricane, man. And it really did something within me, personally anyway. Um, just to be around what God was doing and the Holy Ghost was was doing, and uh, just grabbing stuff and from from Daz and Luke, bless their souls for coming here and and ministering to 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 the wider body, which was great. So, just a couple highlights from the Saturday as well. Um, yeah, we had a bunch of people on the streets, which really did something to my heart again, and you know, we all call to share the gospel, amen? amen, praise God, Christians, Christ-like, yeah, um, and, uh, and one of the highlights is actually sitting here, 
right this instant. Stewie, just give us a wave. Hey, hey, hey. We, we met him. He encountered God and, um, and he gave his life to Jesus, man. And that really blesses my heart, you know. Um, and heaven's rejoicing because of you, man. And uh, thanks to Al and the team for supporting and connecting uh, Stewie within our family. And um, Tony Hagen as well for connecting to him with him in Fire Folk. This, this is what it's all about, yeah? Uh, the body of Christ working together and seeing uh, lives transform. Amen. So, um, uh, according to Pastor Jan and, and Max, the Gippsland campus and past, senior pastor, one of the senior pastors, Pastor Debbie, and um, she's never seen God move as, as, as such as last Sunday afternoon and the amount of hunger within that congregation and God just turning up was amazing and and many many lives well I think every the whole church was like going bananas just because God was was moving yeah because you know we're called to be peculiar people anyway so why not be go bananas for Jesus amen so that was amazing, and so many lives and, and healings and people just being restored and, and refreshed through the, the work of the, the great Holy Ghost. And uh, many lives were touched as well, especially on that Sunday evening, Sunday night meeting. Who was here for that? That was, that was crazy. That was crazy. We have uh, a lot of meetings and, and encounter meetings, but that did something special to me as well. So, But there's always more of God to be had. Amen. He's looking for hungry people, and, and um, He's hungry for us to reach out for the lost. Amen. And uh, it was so blessed to be able to have the opportunity to serve Daz and hang out with Daz and, and Luke. They're such normal people, and they just... A radical for Jesus because uh, it's no longer they that live, but Christ that lives in them. Amen. So he was encouraged to win the lost. Was that? <laughs> Glory. Thanks, Dan. Awesome. All right. So I've been thinking about the lost a lot too, because uh, obviously with Awakening, it's one of our core focuses is just seeing the multitude saved, and it's very important. Um, you know, we, we invite people to raise their hand uh, on the streets. We invite people to uh, say a, what we call a sinner's prayer. Uh, it's important, the, the raising of the hand, the coming forward, the altar call. For those that don't know, it's when people respond to the gospel that's been preached. The Bible says the gospel is the power of God under salvation. And, uh, and we get them to come forward and they pray a prayer. They believe in their heart and they pray a prayer and they ask God into their heart. Despite um, much criticism about the sinner's prayer, uh, it's, it's very scriptural. And, uh, and for example, Romans, it says, If you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, uh, consistently we see the salvation is through faith, grace, confession. Uh, in Joel, it says, that in the last days God will pour out His Spirit upon all flesh, and whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So with that sinner's prayer is developed uh, It's through Scripture, through our understanding of Scripture about, of course, it's at the end of the day, it's by faith and by grace, but you can, the confession of your lips shows that you believe. And then, of course, things that follow that are also very important, and I want to talk about that a little bit today with the time uh, remaining. I want to talk about uh, a little bit about the baptism in water and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So it's one thing to see someone born again, to see them receive the Word of God in their heart. The sinner's prayer, for example, is the seed. It's the Word. It's, it's the Holy Spirit. This, you're being sealed in your heart. You obtain salvation by faith. But I want to just challenge us a little bit and get us thinking outside in terms of seeing people saved, just to open up a little bit more, all of us, not just the ministry team or the pastoral team, but all of us thinking about other very important aspects, especially in the early life of a believer. So if, if you're here and you're a new believer, this is going to be awesome for you. If you've been around this for a long time, this is going to be awesome for you. No matter who you are, this is going to be awesome for you. You know why? Because it's the Word. Jesus is King. Amen. All right, so we're going to be looking at 
spending most of our time in the next 15 minutes on the baptism of the Holy Spirit theologically. I want to actually unpack the Scriptures somewhat with the time that we have remaining. And uh, I want to give you some homework because I'm not going to be able to go through everything today that I need to go through or even that I want to go through. So I'm going to give you Scriptures. I want to encourage you to take this back to the Word of God. I'm going to give you some things to look at during the week. Uh, A young lady uh, earlier this morning said, I've been going through all of your uh, teachings on the supernatural on YouTube all day yesterday. And uh, that really blessed me to to hear that hunger. I want to encourage you, go back over the podcast, pause it when you get to the scripture, open your Bible, make sure it's in context, read it, get those, get the message in your heart, get the scriptures in your heart, understand it. Amen? Really important that we're built on the word of God. So, Water baptism, I've been challenged a little bit as a leader. If I look at water baptism, I see that it's more of an emphasis than what some of the modern church, uh, sorry, the way they water baptized, was, it seemed like more of an emphasis than what we do today, what I do today, what the modern church does today. So I rang Chelsea in Latvia when I was just reading over scriptures on on uh, salvation, on water baptism, and I realized we need to um, have a little bit more emphasis on that, and so hence getting the budget approved to get our own water baptism tank. We're going to have more water baptisms more frequently because it's really, really, really important. The reason that we do it in church is because it's an opportunity. You could do it at the beach. You can do it anywhere. If you lead someone to the Lord, you can take them straight to the beach and get them water baptized. No problem. But it's great if you can do it in church because they can invite their family and friends, and it's like a ceremony. And sometimes we have spontaneous baptisms as a result. The family member sees them being baptized. God moves on their heart, and they say, I want to be saved. I want to be baptized. And we've seen that nearly every baptism service, spontaneous baptisms. So it's a great opportunity uh, to do it amongst family. It's a public declaration. It's, it's saying, it's a statement saying, I believe in God. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. And, uh, and this is an outward sign of what's happened in my heart. So water baptism is very, very, very important. But so is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And so we're going to go through that. We're going to talk a little bit about that today. Uh, it's important to us as believers. It's also important to those around you. If you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, I guarantee you that the people around you will experience something that they've never experienced before. Uh, I want to show you something really quickly. I remember when I was a new Christian in the early days, there were a few people that were moving in the supernatural. Frank Clancy was one of them. He's, a part of, he's an evangelist, part of this house, if you didn't know already. He has seen, he's very humble, he, he may not have uh, told you this, but he's seen over, at least that I know of, three people raised from the dead during his ministry over the last however many years. He's a general and he's in our midst, a very humble man, But I learned a lot, particularly around praying for the sick and casting out devils and the supernatural things through Frank Clancy. And so he was one of the few people that helped steer me towards hungering what we see in the Bible happening today. But in those early days, I didn't see a lot of it happening. I heard a lot of talk about it happening in other places like Africa and places like that with uh, Reinhard Bonnke, Daniel Kalender and people Uh, in foreign lands, but not in our own land. And often I would hear people say, oh yeah, it happens over there because they're more hungry. It happens over there, they don't have doctors, so we don't really need it as much. And there seemed to be this uh, sense that we don't need it here. And I'm like, man, of course we need it here. Man, if people get healed, they'll get saved. We need the signs and wonders. The Apostle Paul said, I don't just come with persuasive words, but with a demonstration of power. And so I'm really excited because the things that many of us have been hungering for, we have noticed the shift in the last 10 to 15 years where we're seeing signs and wonders and miracles, supernatural things happening everywhere on a consistent basis. And I say, yay, Jesus, let's give him some praise. And I want to tell you, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is absolutely crucial to you, to this house, to this nation, so that we see more of it. Amen? People say, I don't really seek signs and wonders. I more seek love. 
Oh my goodness. I seek love too. But if you really love God and you love people, you'll want them to see the signs and wonders so they can connect with the one that gave them the sign and wonder. Amen? Oh, we can't separate that stuff. That's crazy talk. The Bible says signs and wonders follow. Paul said, covet the spiritual gifts. Earnestly desire it. Why? So people see God. So people see the manifestation of the Spirit and they see His goodness, which ultimately leads people to repentance. And so I think I shared a few weeks ago about just recently, I personally was able to experience the most notable miracle that I've ever seen in my life. It was extraordinary. I got to pray for a guy that was crippled from birth and deaf from birth, and the power of God hit him. He was healed. He heard for the very first time in his whole life, and he walked unaided for the very first time in his whole life. Thousands of eyewitnesses that saw it, that have testified to it, that knew him before, not thousands that knew him before, but his family knew him before, and testified that this is absolutely true, that he has heard now for the first time, and walk for the first time. And we're seeing an increase in our everyday life on the streets, all over the world. God is breaking out like we've never seen before because people are believing. And the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I want to tell you, is absolutely crucial and vital to this. God wants us all filled and filled on a continual basis. So I'm going to throw to a video. A friend of mine recently prayed for a guy in Brazil, Richie. His name is? He's a great guy. Some of us know of him. He's done some work with us here in Australia as well. But this is just something that's happened this week. This is happening everywhere. Everyday people praying for the sick. And uh, this will really encourage you. If we can um, just... This lady had a a crippling uh, injury and disease. And she could not walk on her own. this man watch really carefully the stairs is she runs up the stairs she takes off <laughs> there's plenty more of that dancing and celebrating come on let's give Jesus some praise glory Come on, Jesus. Glory to God. Man, he's so good. He's so good. So um, I love this. This stirs faith, but so does the Word of God. So I'm going to bring the two together right now. We're going to get into it. You ready? I need you to have your Bibles open, ready. I would definitely encourage you to make notes with this one. We're going to just bring some theology into this. And uh, I want you to get it in your heart. I want you to take down the scriptures that I give you. And, uh, and I want you to bring them home. We're not going to have time to unpack it all and uh, expound on all the scripture that I would want to give because it's just simply for time's sake. But in some ways, it's good because you can take it home and study it out. Homework's important. And I would even encourage you to challenge your, your Bible study leaders, your home group leaders with lots of questions as a result of your study. Questions are good. It helps you learn. And it helps our leaders grow too. (laughs) All right, lots of questions are good. Amen? All right, you ready? So the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Uh, As I said, baptism, uh, so the salvation's important. Baptism in water's important. Uh, Baptism in water is not how the person is saved, of course. Uh, Hopefully we we understand that. And uh, it's an outward expression. It's an act of obedience 
as a result of being water baptized. It's symbolic. It's, it shows us what's actually happened on the inside. And uh, if you really are born again, you'll want to be obedient and you'll want to be baptized. Uh, and, uh, and so it's very important. But the Bible says it's the answer of a good conscience. So once your conscience is cleansed, once you've been born again, the answer of that is to say, what do I do? Let's get water baptized. Amen. And it's a sign that you really are genuinely born again. So that's important. And remember, Matthew 28 says, teach all nations. And he goes on to say, teach them to observe all things that I taught you. And so we want to see them get saved, but then we want to see them taught. And the early things in particular are important. Water baptism, why they need to be water baptism, baptized, what it means, what's happened on the inside, that, uh, their new identity, very important. We've got new Christian classes that are, have already or are about to begin very, very soon. So I'd encourage you, even if... Uh, if you're not new in the faith necessarily, but you want to have a better grasp and understanding so you can teach others, join one of those classes. Really important. And then, of course, the baptism in the Holy Spirit, you'll see, is something that happened on a consistent basis in the very early stages, if not simultaneously, when someone was born again. Okay, So John the Baptist said that he baptized in water and spoke of how Jesus was coming to baptize believers in the Holy Spirit and fire. Okay, so John said that. He was famous for water baptism. His nickname was John the Baptist. By the way, baptize in the Koinone Greek or the old school Greek language means to be fully immersed. So water baptism is not a sprinkle of water as some have taught or some movements have taught, uh, and uh, definitely the Catholic tradition is the sprinkle, but water baptism is really from someone that is awakened in their, in terms of how old they are, their, their, their conscience is fully awake, they understand, normally it's, you know, children can get baptized, but normally people come into that age of reasoning, that's, that's the word I was thinking of, age of reasoning, normally from about 13 or 14, you really start, you're, you're accountable for your actions. And so from about that age onwards, sometimes it can be younger, depending on the child, where they fully understand who they are and they understand, okay, I want to I want to give my life to Jesus. You see, it really should be uh, of, that, of an adult or someone from the age of reason that decides to be water baptized. And it's full immersion, not a sprinkle. And that really is symbolic for our life. Jesus doesn't want a sprinkle of our life. He wants our whole life. Amen? He doesn't just want a part of our life. He wants our whole life. And uh, he wants our old nature dead. He died on the cross to remove that old sinful nature and then cause us to be partakers, supernaturally partakers of his divine nature. Amen? So that's important. But so is the baptism or the full immersion, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And of course, the Holy Spirit is God. It's not a mystical force. It is a force, but it's not just a force. The Holy Spirit is God. And so we also know God is love. God is powerful and God is many things. And so when you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, you're literally being baptized in God. Very, very, very important. Amen. And Jesus came. Why couldn't he do it? Why couldn't we be baptized in the Holy Spirit before Jesus? Why was it that John said when Jesus comes, he's going to baptize in the Holy Spirit and fire? Well, the main reason is because the blood of Jesus hadn't yet been shed. And of course, when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, when man transgressed against God, we were spiritually cut off. Their heart was still ticking, their flesh, they still had flesh and soul still in operation, but they were spiritually dead. And that's why the human race inherited that sinful nature. And so the, the Holy Spirit couldn't fill us yet until... Uh, mankind had paid the price of sin. And Jesus come to pay our price of sin. Only someone that was perfect, a man that was perfect, could hang on the cross for the, the weight of the sin of mankind and pay the ultimate price so that we would be justified. Justice 
was paid or the price was paid for sin. The wages of sin is death, the Bible says. Jesus paid that price. And after that, after the blood was shed, after Jesus died, and of course we know he resurrected on the third day, after that, then the Holy Spirit could come and be poured out. And we see the first time that it was poured out was in the upper room, Acts chapter 2. You guys with me on that? We understand that? Some foundational things, but sometimes we, uh, we skip the foundational things, but we need to understand how important it is. The baptism of the Holy Spirit could not happen until the New Testament, but is now freely available to all of us. The Holy Spirit would come upon Old Testament saints, and we see manifestations of the Spirit, but it was limited. Solomon manifested wisdom. Samson manifested the Spirit of might other types of manifestations of the Spirit, but not an indwelling, not a baptism, not full immersion in the Spirit, just come upon for a season because the blood had not been yet shed. But now in the new covenant, we have access and God wants us all filled with the Holy Spirit. And we'll see more of this stuff if we get a hold of it, if we hunger for it. And we say, Jesus, bring it on. Amen? So... Study that out, Matthew 3.11, in your own time. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is for and available to all believers. Everyone say, all believers. The reason I worded it like that is for and available is because some people don't receive it because they don't believe it or they don't understand it or they're limited in their knowledge in that area. They don't realize it's actually you can be born again, yet miss out on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So it's for you, but it's up to you to receive it by faith, to believe it and receive it. Just like everything in the kingdom, it's by faith and by grace. It's available to you though, amen? The prime purpose of the baptism of the Spirit is so that we would receive power to be effective witnesses for Christ. The reason I use the language prime purpose is because there are many great benefits of being baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I could spend days just unpacking all of the benefits of being baptized in the Holy Spirit. But scripturally speaking, we see the prime purpose of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is to be a witness. And the scripture that I draw from that or give you to study out to show you that that is the fact or that is the case is Acts 1.8. Write that down. Study that out this week. You'll see. Jesus said, you shall receive. He said, wait. This is before Acts 2 when they were up in the upper room. He said, wait. He said, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you so that you will be witnesses. See that prime purpose. He, as soon as he talked about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you shall receive power so that you will be witnesses. Many benefits, but prime purpose to be a witness. Richie prayed for that person in Brazil. He's being a witness. Not just saying words, he's being a witness. Power from God on high, baptized in the Holy Spirit so he can be a witness to demonstrate that Jesus is real, that he's alive, that he's still doing miracles today. He's still the same yesterday, today, and forever. We need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. If you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, you need it again. Acts 2, they were in the upper room. They received it. They were shaken. They spoke in tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And then many of those people, many of the 120 that were in Acts 2 are now featured in Acts chapter 4, and they prayed again. They said, God, fill us again. Fill us again. Baptize us again that we may speak your word with boldness that you would stretch forth your hand and see the sick healed the signs and wonders would follow. Amen? Relevant. We need relevant messages, Pastor. This is so relevant. Oh my goodness. It's never changed. It's always been relevant. I believe the experience is distinct from, yet subsequent to, the born-again new birth experience. This is important. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is distinct from the new birth experience. 
You can be born again, receive the Word of God, say the sinner's prayer, but not yet be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Now, it can happen simultaneously. I've seen that experientially, and I see that in Scripture. What was that, Bob? Happened to Denny. There you go. Simultaneously. Born again and filled with the Spirit in one hit. But we see in Acts chapter 8 in Samaria, Philip went out, preached the gospel. The Bible says they received the Word of God in their heart. They were even baptized in water in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. They weren't yet baptized in the Holy Spirit. And we see the apostles heard about this breakout, this revival in Samaria, sent two of them to go and help out Philip, laid hands on them to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. A secondary experience on that occasion. So it's distinct from yet subsequent to the new birth. Amen? And it's all by faith. In the same way that salvation is received through faith, so too is the baptism received by faith. This is another cool thing that happens when you're baptized in the Holy Spirit. We've got to teach, we've got to teach this. We've got to get people fired up about this. As, as, as much fired up about getting them to the altar to receive God, receive the Word, we want to get them water baptized and baptized in the Holy Spirit. Right off the bat. And what happens when they're baptized in the Holy Spirit, they receive access to all nine gifts of the Spirit. The nine gifts of the Spirit are talked about in 1 Corinthians, not just, but mainly in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, chapter 13, and chapter 14. Supernatural gifts of the Holy Spirit. So we receive access. The reason I use that term access or that word access is because you can have access to something but still not use it. And so sometimes people get confused or they haven't yet prophesied. That doesn't mean you don't have access to it. The Apostle Paul said, covet, like I said before, covet the spiritual gifts. Why? Because you have access. If you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, you have access to the gifts of the Spirit, workings of miracles, gifts of healing, speaking in tongues, interpretation of tongues. Amen? These are all some of the benefits and the attributes of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. After studying the five accounts of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and this is the conclusion that they drew in Azusa Street as well. I believe the initial evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is speaking in tongues. The initial evidence. So not evidence that you're saved, but evidence of this secondary and distinct experience, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Why do I say that? Well, as I said, five accounts that we can look at in the book of Acts that show where people were baptized in the Holy Spirit. You'll see a consistent theme through all of those accounts. I'll bring you one right now. Acts chapter 2, 120 people all in the upper room. As the Spirit fell, it was the beginning of the fulfillment of the prophecy of Joel and other prophetic words, but Joel is quite famous where he talked about God pouring out His Spirit in the last days. There they were, Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit was poured out. They were baptized in the Holy Spirit like Jesus spoke about in Acts 1. And it said all 120 people began to speak in tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Not just 80 of the 120, not just 10 or not just the super few, not just the apostles, all 120 began to speak in tongues as the Spirit gave mutterance. And you see that theme consistently throughout the book of Acts. 
And so sometimes people can get in their heads and they think it's gibberish and they miss out on that gift. As I said, you have access to that when you're baptized in the Holy Spirit. And so I want to encourage you, if you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, boy, you're in for an adventure. It's going to be awesome! If you have been, and you feel like, man, I remember that time when it first happened, but you feel like it's kind of drying up a little bit. I want to encourage you by faith, the Holy Spirit never dries up. But at the same time, there is something about that fresh filling. In a moment, we're going to invite our ministry team to come and pray. And we're specifically going to be praying, God, fill us with your Holy Spirit. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. Amen. I know of one young lady that was baptized in the Holy Spirit in our nine o'clock service. So what happens when you get baptized in the Spirit. You come to the next one. You're just hungry. You want more. Speaking in tongues for the very first time. Glory to God. Amen. I want to invite everyone to stand to their feet. So, a couple of things to take from this. Number one, this message is relevant to everybody. If you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, please come forward. If you've never spoken in tongues, come forward. I want to encourage you that if you have been, understand you have access to and you're invited to covet or to desire all operating in all of those nine gifts. Acts 2, they were filled. Acts 4, they said, God, fill us again. Some of the same people in Acts 2 now feature in Acts chapter 4, and they're saying, God, fill us again. If you need a fresh baptism, come forward. If you're not born again at all, come forward for sure. We're gonna, you're going to meet Jesus. Glory to God. And uh, please let our ministry team know. Say, I don't know, I don't know, but I want God. I don't want my old life anymore. I want to repent from sin. I want to give my life to God. Come forward. We want to pray for you. We're going to see you baptized in the Holy Spirit as well. And we're going to have a big baptism in water party soon too. And we invite you to come along to that. Amen. Glory to God. Jesus is King. There's so many hungry people here right now. They're just like, I want this. Faith comes by hearing. Now, no, this is real. This is not just something that we do. It's real. It's still happening today. If you want to see more miracles in your life, it's not by might nor by power or by how clever you are. It's by your spirit. Come forward if you're hungry. Thanks for listening to another message from Fire Church Ministries. For more messages like this and other resources and information, go to our website, firechurch.com.au.